The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob Seska Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out Head on over to BubbleGenius.com And pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll Featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator this item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Says who? Broadcasting from resistance headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm busy. My fucking head is killing me. Hello? Hard to pay connection, so I'm going to talk fast. The guy you're looking for is some kind of ex-commando or some He killed 16 Chechen rebels single-handed. T? T, that you? Ah, oh, damn it. I didn't hear what you said, Tone. So I'm going to talk fast. The guy you're looking for is an ex-commando. He killed 16 Chechen rebels single-handed. Get the f*** out of here. Yeah, nice, huh? He was with the Interior Ministry. Guy's some kind of Russian Green Beret. This guy cannot come back to tell this story. You understand? I hear you. There is, Paulie. Oh? Tone, you there? I d Call me back! You're not going to believe this. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. His house looked like shit. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Hello, Bob. <laughs> All right. That just kills me. That That's Sopranos fun. clip from the greatest episode of The Sopranos ever. Right there. <laughs> oh, God. And so appropriate, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, look. It's uh, it's Buzz Burbank right over there. Hiya. Hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be anywhere after the hurricane. Oh, my God. How are you? How is your house? I, How is your great. property? Everything's Everything's fine. I you know, I couldn't have been luckier, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, I did a lot better than a lot of other people who did a lot worse. And uh, I'm grateful for you know being okay, and and I learned a lot in in preparing and all of that. But uh, if it ever happens again, which it probably will, I'll be ready. Yeah, and you know, I've been <laughs> I've been telling our audience, Buzz, that if anyone needs pro like professional level storm prep advice. That's go right. go to Mr. Buzz Burbank because <laughs> you are the man. I mean, you had everything locked down. Your your house was like I a just look yeah, it was like a fortress, but it, it looked like uh the Batmobile in in the first <laughs> in the Tim Burton Batman when Batman hits that button and all the all the panels slide over and completely coat the entire Batmobile. <laughs> that was your house. You had the the shutters on, you had yeah. your pool furniture in your pool, which is <laughs> right. super smart. I mean, I don't know where you got that, but that's a well, super smart a, way to do it. It's a Florida tradition, actually. Uh, people <laughs> really? have been 
People have been doing that for decades here and uh, will continue to do so. It keeps stuff from flying through the air, which is good. Yeah, that, and that's the, one of the biggest problems in a hurricane is you people have, leave their items loose in their yard and stuff, and suddenly their pink flamingos become, you know, 60-mile-an-hour <laughs> projectiles. Go through a guy's heart, sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Killed by yeah. pink flamingo. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was quite impressive, and I'm, I'm really, really glad that you're okay and, and everything Thank turned you. out all right. And you didn't get re- you didn't really get hit with the uh, the full blast of, of Hurricane well, Irma, but it was pretty close. Yes and no. Uh, we got we got the the eye of the storm actually passed over us, the edge of the eye, I should say, and it, just as it was transitioning from uh, her uh, category two to a category one. So uh, by that time, the winds, Bob, were down to a mere ninety miles an hour, and and uh, maybe ninety five, but yeah. still we were we were well barricaded in, and uh, we only got uh, you know like five inches of rain, five and a half inches of rain, so that wasn't a problem. I'm lucky enough to be uh, above sea level enough that uh, you know storm surge wasn't a concern. So you know we did very well. Uh, we had some friends who lived in a, an evacuation zone because they were at a lower elevation, more prone to flooding. As it turns out, their place was fine too, but they felt more secure uh, after we had invited them here. Uh, so we had kind of a hurricane party uh, overnight while the storm was hitting. <laughs> See now, once again, making the best of the situation and and, and everything being. Uh, it seems like everything was as pretty close to textbook that you can possibly imagine right the right. only question i had buzz which was yeah. and and i heard about the generator keeping you awake at night your neighbor's <laughs> yes. generator but but what about in a house that's completely uh shuttered up like that what did you do about ventilation how'd you keep the inside of the house cool in the midst <laughs> well, of all of that i can't even imagine how stuffy it must have been after a while it it really wasn't too bad the air conditioning went off at about 1 30 in the morning when the power failed and uh, we were all up around six or so that 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 uh, Monday morning, and and the storm had mostly passed. There was still some pretty sporty wind out there, but it wasn't wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, and and so we just hung in there. But it, it really in the, that short amount of time, in spite seven adults and three cats in a three bedroom house, mm. uh, it it really wasn't it really wasn't too bad. Everybody was pretty well spread out and. We had uh, sort of pre-cooled the place, and being shut up as we were, we sort of held that cool air in, and uh, being the early morning hours, it just didn't get that warm. Now, as soon, the moment that the winds, I felt, had died down enough for me to remove (laughs) some shutters, I immediately went out and ripped the shutters off the the door that leads from uh, my bedroom to the pool. That was That was the first thing. Right. That was the first thing that came off, and we got to the others later. But uh, yeah, and it was and it was weird, by the way, swimming underwater in my pool, swimming past chairs and tables. And things <laughs> yeah, like that. very surreal. Yeah, I thought you were going to say yeah. that as soon as the wind died down outside, there was suddenly a Buzz Burbank shaped hole in the side of your house as you bashed <laughs> through the wall to get to the pool. No, it was down to just sporty at that point. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't damaging or or, or human carrying uh, at that point. All right. So so yeah, enough of that. Yeah. So uh, now we've got a whole new crisis, and and you yes. know Bill Maher has been per- putting it perfectly and saying that you know we're avoiding all these natural disasters or, or being nailed with all these natural disasters, uh-huh. and now there's <laughs> Storm Donald. <laughs> yes, <laughs> He's putting yeah. it in, and uh, at no time recently has it been more evident than. 
Donald Trump talking to the United Nations today, giving a speech be, uh, before the entire United Nations, and once again, completely embarrassing, not only Americans, but our allies around the world, and uh, well, just making an ass out of everybody, especially himself. Of course, a very embarrassing. And weren't you, didn't you experience a period of anxiety leading up to the speech that, I mean, and, and, and don't you feel that as bad as it was, as Trump as it was, that it could have been worse? Where I was... I was nervous because as soon as I learned that he was going to be addressing the UN Security Council, I said, "Oh God, this can't go well." You know, <laughs> well, that was my first reaction. Well, you know, it, it's we have a toss-up with with Trump. It's either rally Trump or it's regular teleprompter speech Trump. And right. in this case, we got mostly teleprompter Trump, but at the same time, there were some things that happened to scroll up, I guess, on his teleprompter, and I can't imagine he improvised something in here. But with regard to the Rocket Man thing, uh, yeah. which which he tweeted the other day, he's got a nickname now for Kim Jong-un, well, which I, I hope... You know, and this is my concern. I was going back uh, on on Friday's after party. I talked about this a little bit in terms of how you know how delicate international relations are, just based <laughs> from a basic cultural point of view. Hoping well, to that you maybe, yeah. Well, hoping that words <laughs> translate appropriately into other languages right. and into other right. cultures. I hope right. Rocket Man translates into Korean uh, in a way that isn't far, far worse than it seemed. Uh, yeah, you don't English. know, and and that's one of the functions of a well-staffed State Department, like we used to have, uh, and and so it's very scary to know that he's unleashed. I think Bob, especially lately, if he's feeling cocky, if he's feeling like a big deal, as I'm sure he was today <laughs> before the UN, he will uh, throw in little ad libs uh, in addition to what he's reading off the teleprompter. Something inspires him; he'll stop and make a remark of his own, and then go back to the script that somebody else wrote or wrote with him. And uh, in this case, I, I think the, the phrase, see, he's very proud of himself, Bob. He's come up with this <laughs> phrase, Rocket Man. Yeah. And if I were Elton John, I would sue. <laughs> yeah. But he's he's come up with this phrase, Rocket Man, and he's very happy with it. He's very proud of it. And uh, like other things he has stumbled across, uh, he's embraced this now. He's going to mm. run with it because he really thinks he's made a genius move by coming up with this catchy phrase rocket man <laughs> he's so so proud of himself proud of his ability to come up with nicknames it just it right. makes me think of george w bush george w bush was really excited about his little nicknames remember he called david gregory stretch and then there was another yeah, right. tall guy in the press corps who was stretch yeah. too and you know they, yeah. he had all kinds of nicknames for his people and then trump and uh, trump is carrying on that tradition proudly and uh and making matters much much worse here's Here's Donald Trump in front of the United Nations, not only calling Kim Jong-un rocket man, but also threatening to, and I quote, totally destroy North Korea. We will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Rocket man is on a suicide mission for himself and for his regime. Oh God! Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's our boy. This is uh, this is not good for so many reasons. Mainly being the obvious one, which is that this isn't going to uh, trigger any sort of withdrawal by Kim Jong Un. This is going to make Kim Jong Un want to produce more nuclear weapons and to actually accelerate his entire program rather than right. backing off of it. Because the way the North Koreans see it, Buzz, is that. 
that the United States is the evil empire, and there's all kinds of terrible propaganda that circulates in North Korea about how right. oh, awful no. and ridiculous the United States is and why North Korea has to continue its nuclear weapons program and justifying right. it to its own people. Instead of feeding its people. Exactly right. And yeah. so Donald Trump plays directly into that propaganda. And I, I can't imagine, I mean, who's advising him on this? I mean, we're supposed to have the wise old men, the wise generals, uh, M- Mattis and uh, uh, MacArthur. Who are the other ones? I don't know. McMaster and and uh, and of course John Kelly are supposed to be keeping Donald Trump from doing heinously stupid things like this, and he keeps doing them. Well, we've talked about this before, uh, and and that is that um, you know there's a difference between first of all, there's no lassoing Trump, there's no controlling him. McMaster can't do it, and nobody can do it. Uh, Kelly can't do it. He's Trump is, and we knew this all along that yeah. Trump is going to be Trump. Uh, the, but, it, and we've also learned that there's a difference between what Trump says and what we actually do. And I think that's especially true with the military. And as I, I think I said before, I'm actually relieved in this instance that I think the military is making the call, uh, it, it, perhaps to our advantage, Trump has given the military the call on this. So what we actually do is, is going to depend on that. That doesn't make Trump's words any less dangerous. That doesn't make Trump any less dangerous. Uh, you, just uh, what you said before about uh, American words being misinterpreted and have to be chosen carefully. Uh, a, a wiser president might have said, uh, you know, North Korea will pay a heavy price uh, for this, but you don't say you're going to totally destroy a country. You just don't. That's uh, that's again, that's comic book villain stuff. Yes, exactly right. That's comic book. Is Donald Trump is a cartoon supervillain. That is exactly what yes. he is, and that's that's what he's threatening here. And the thing that's concerning me is that usually when he says something like this, and something that has to do with foreign policy, and he and he says something stupid or something really really over the top obnoxious. Usually, Secretary Mattis comes in. Mad Dog Mattis comes in and says, "No, no, 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 right. no. That's not. Right. That's not what we're gonna do." And so far, I, I may have missed it because we're doing the show here. But so far, Mattis hasn't stepped forward and clarified anything having to do with totally destroying <laughs> North Korea. There's, uh. there's what Trump says, and then there's what's happening in the real world, which is uh, U.S. officials are talking about starting a policy of shooting down every missile North Korea fires into the air, no matter where it's pointed. Yep. And I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I have a problem with that. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, it, it's, I, I feel more comfortable. I, you know, I'm not sure what I want at this point, but I feel more comfortable knowing that these decisions ultimately are being made by the military and not by Trump. Yeah, you know, that's actually a really good point. You know, in terms of actually shooting down armed missiles, I mean, if if we detect that there is an armed missile flying toward Japan, flying toward Mm -hmm. Guam, flying toward especially the U.S. mainland, or Hawaii for that matter, if we know of that, then yeah, please shoot it down. My concern about shooting down unarmed missiles mm-hmm. is that North Korea will then preempt every missile test with shooting down our, or maybe you know, there's an there would be an escalation of yeah shooting down fear. our missiles that shoot down their missiles, and then yeah, I don't I don't pretend to to have the answers on that. It intrigues me though, and I wonder if there is some value to. 
uh, you know, slapping those things out of the sky before they can hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, now or ever, and delivering to North Korea the message that uh, you shoot it up, we'll shoot it down. Uh, yep. and, uh, it, neutralizing him in that way might have some value. Again, I'm no expert in this, and I share your concern about escalation because that is uh, a dangerous game, to be sure. Uh, but it's it's an example of one of many ideas that I'm sure are being considered. And again, I, what we actually do and what he says, dangerous as it is, uh, are two different things. Well, I'm hoping this is all part of a good cop, bad cop kind of thing, where Could there's be. there I are mean, diplomatic even, efforts happening behind the scenes, and then and then uh, and then Trump is the bad cop. Trump's the guy out there saber rattling, but everyone else behind the scenes in communications with North Korea, obviously through back channels and so forth, through China and so forth. That <laughs> that it's actually okay. Yeah, we want we're trying to work with you to get this. If you want sanctions eliminated, get rid of your nuclear program, and then Donald Trump gets out there and does the bad cop thing, and it becomes. Uh, you know, an episode of Law and Order. I think he enjoys being the, the bad cop for sure. There's no question about it. He's definitely playing bad cop. I'm not sure he's aware that there's a good cop effort <laughs> going on at the same time. That's true. Uh, That's probably you true. Know, uh, the folks on the good cop side may be uh, using, uh, taking advantage of his bad cop uh, status, uh, his uh, stature, to uh, to to play the role of a good cop, you know, you want to be uh, the cop who comes into the, the the interrogation room and says, "Look, my partner's a little out of control," uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know. Here's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look after you. It's gonna be all right. It's right. don't worry about it. Yeah. But it's like instead of the, a, a regular good cop bad cop thing that you would see in a in a cop show or in a in a movie. This right. is more like the good cop, bad cop, with, with Trump being that little kid from those Will Ferrell videos that we saw a while back trying to collect the rent. Give me your rent, bitch! And that's that's basically uh, Donald Trump. And that's yeah, that's probably how he's received by by North Korea, or at least I hope he is. I My hope is that North Korea just doesn't take Donald Trump seriously, although I think the reality is, is that, uh, as I said before, they're going to continue to use Donald Trump's words as propaganda to, get to, to continue to have the support of... Not only North Korea's, I guess you could call them allies, but also the North Korean people to continue producing nuclear weapons. I mean, the idea here is that we want to disincentivize Kim Jong-un from continuing this nuclear program. So you're better off without nukes than you are with them, Kim sure. Jong-un, so stop doing this. And that's what right. the sanctions are for, and that's what the negotiations yes. are for behind the scenes. Yes. And yes. Donald Trump completely undermines that when he gives them more fuel to create and more incentive to create he nuclear does. weapons. He does feed that that fire uh, about uh, the evil empire of the United States. He yeah. does help uh, the North Korean government and Kim Jong-un when he does that stuff. Uh, you know, at the same time, I, North Korea, I found recently, is surprisingly perceptive about Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot remember. They called him out on, on three things. And I, I don't remember them. I reported on them a couple of weeks ago. I know that one of them was the fact that Trump makes decisions that turn his own people against him. And that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they had some very insightful, three very insightful observations about Trump. And I thought, huh, they understand him more than I thought they did. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so that's it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, well, that that seems to be the trend. And again, that's what I'm waiting for here is for some of Trump's people to come out and clarify and right. say what they basically give us the adult translation of Donald Trump's uh, a toddler mentality when it comes to all of this stuff. Because as we all know, 
Donald Trump is basically behaving in a sort of with a child's eye view of how the president should should be acting. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything everything about him is a a, a bully child's eye view. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's it's his complete misinterpretation of how presidents ought to behave uh, with regard to everything. <laughs> it's almost like a a storybook version, or like like I mean, like we've been saying, it's like a comic book version of the presidency that he he seems to Are- perceive. Yeah. Are you saying there's something wrong with tweeting uh, and edited an animation of him hitting Hillary Clinton with a golf ball? Oh, my God. That? Yeah, yeah. I mean, holy <laughs> hell. Presidential. Th- that, I mean, good Lord. And and that goes back to a, a rant that I don't want to get into, which I, I want to <laughs> okay. move on to Don Jr. here in a second because yes. there's a lot oh, of important, and, and Paul Manafort, certainly. But I, I just wanted to add again that we should never forget, and, and I know never forget is an overused cliche when it comes to emergencies and crises and so forth, but we should never forget what Donald Trump has said. And I know it's really easy to do that. I know it's really easy to move on to the next thing and to be attracted to the next shiny object. But when right. it comes to things like Charlottesville, when it comes to things like the Khan right. family, when it comes right. to things like John McCain and, and the Access Hollywood tape, these are things that we should always keep in the back of our heads and, and accumulate them into... A a critical mass to get us to a point where even with the Russia attack and the Russia investigation, that these are all things that cumulatively are almost as bad as as the traitorous activities that Donald Trump is engaged in. And that um, the tendency and the, the ongoing concern that I have is that we do forget these things that he does, whether it's hitting, pretending to hit Hillary Clinton in the back with a golf ball, knocking her over, which is just so terrible. And by the way, at what point is Twitter going to stand up and do something about this? Unless, unless in the, in the realm of Twitter, the president gets the same sort of legal dispensation as he gets in the real world where, you know, everyone's treated differently if you've got money and if you've got power than if you don't have money and you don't have power. And we've seen lots and lots of examples of that over the last several years. I think they want to tread. I think they want to tread carefully. I think they know uh, the support that he does have. I think they know that uh, many of the 38 million people who follow him, you, you and I and others follow him just to see what he's up to and kind of as a goof. And yeah. and uh, but there, there, there are millions who do follow him, and and they would not be happy if he were to. And they are Twitter customers, and they would not be happy if he were to disappear. Twitter doesn't want to be accused of suppressing free speech, but certainly you're right. Uh, I, I've seen people who have filed complaints about his promotion of violence against women, uh, a la the golf ball video, yeah, uh, and and other and other violations of uh, Twitter policy. I think there there may be a tipping point at which it happens, or better still, Bob, let's just remove him from office before <laughs> there you uh, go, and, and and then Twitter never has to make that uncomfortable decision. Yeah, see, I mean, ultimately, I'm a strong supporter of keeping an eye on Trump's tweets, which is. Mm-hmm basically the unfiltered view of the president of the United States. And, <laughs> right. and that's the important. real guy. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think it's, it's important for us to see it. It's important for us to react to it. It's important for us to also place it where it should be placed in terms of our list of priorities and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his actions being more important, I think, as far as uh, our overall concern, but at the Absolutely. same time, yeah, and that's been an on, let me just interject. That's been an ongoing yeah. debate from the very beginning. What do we do? We pay attention to what he says, or do we not pay attention to what he says? We know we have to pay attention to what he does, but how important is what he says? I agree with you that we need to keep track of all of the things that he said. 
uh, to for history and for everyone to remember what a creep this guy is, was, whatever. Yeah, and it speaks directly to the integrity of the office. I think one of the major problems that we're going to be facing is the damage that he's creating to the institution of the presidency, to the institution of the, the federal government, to institutions on down the line that he is disparaging, whether it's the press or, or otherwise. And uh, and that all happens, and, and we can view that in real time through his Twitter feed. And I think that is crucial, because one of the biggest things that we're going to have to endeavor to repair after Donald Trump, or we can even start to do it while he's still president, mm-hmm. is to repair the integrity of the, of the office of the president and to remind ourselves how presidents really ought to behave and how this has been an aberration. This has been a tangent in the space-time continuum, and that we can't rely on this or we can't view this as the beginning of a series of trends for the presidency leading no, us to no. idiocracy is the, yeah. uh, the I, I mean, there is that, there is that risk, but I don't think it will be. I'm yeah, hoping yeah. I, you know, and I don't know the polls when I see public opinion polls, it discourages me. Uh, nearly half of Democrats don't even think this story w- would rate this story as extremely important. This Russia story. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, uh, is certainly only one in ten Republicans, uh, fewer than one in five independents, and they're crucial in this. Fewer than one in five independents think that uh, the Russia investigation is "quote unquote" extremely important. Uh, that and that and that concerns me uh, because what I want to happen out of this is I want for most of us to come away having learned the lesson that uh, this is not the kind of guy we want as president of the United nope. States. That we need to shop elsewhere in the future. You know the thing, Buzz, that I keep uh, kind of hypothesizing in my head, just facetiously about the uh, about the Trumps, basically the Trump family. I'll ex- exclude his staff members and all those guys. But in terms of the Trump family, whether it's Don Jr. or Trump himself, or Eric mm-hmm. Trump, or uh, for that matter, Melania or Ivanka. They always seem to me as if they're... Remember that show Third Rock from the Sun? Oh, yeah, I love that show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Where They seem like space aliens who are trying to mimic human behavior but not quite (laughs) getting it right. Nailed it. That's that's exactly right, Bob. Exactly right. And and so we have a new example, which is is Donald Trump Jr. And he has now turned down his Secret Service protection. And you know what... Normally, this would be, to me, a sub-level story. This would maybe not take on the importance of something that we would talk talk about second out of the shoot in our, in our show here. But th- the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Haven't these guys ever watched an episode of The West Wing? Haven't they seen, do no. they not understand the national security nightmare scenario that could occur with Donald Trump Jr. not having Secret Service protection. And this is a matter of uh, enemies of the United States, be they ISIS or some hostile foreign regime, Mm -hmm. potentially kidnapping or doing something to Don Jr. that for the sole intention of precipitating some sort of overreaction from Donald Trump as president. And that is that could actually precipitate a horrifying national security disaster precipitated by an angry father. Now, there was a scene in, I believe it was the first season of The West Wing with Martin Sheen and Emmy Award-winning uh, actor Elizabeth Moss. And the uh, the setup is that Elizabeth Moss, as the, the daughter of the president, mm-hmm. uh, went without her secret or di- didn't want to have any more Secret Service protection because right. it was a uh, an invasion of her privacy. And there was an incident in the bar, and that prompted Martin Sheen as President Bartlett to kind of dress down 
Elizabeth Moss uh, for not wanting Secret Service protection for uh, very, very serious national security reasons. Here's that here's right. that scene from The West Wing season one. I'm going to up your protection. No. Yes. Dad. Starting tomorrow. I'm starting college in a month. Well, you'll have plenty of friends to walk you to class. I don't want this, Dad. Zoe. We talked about this. I am entitled to this part of my life. You're getting this part of your life. I'm entitled to a normal... Oh, please. Don't oh, please me. Look, the Secret Service... The Secret Service full. should worry about you getting shot. They are worried about me getting shot. I'm worried about me getting shot. But that is nothing compared to how terrified we are of you. You scare the hell out of the Secret Service, Zoe, and you scare the hell out of me, too. My getting killed would be bad enough. But that is not the nightmare scenario. The nightmare scenario, sweetheart, is you getting kidnapped. You go out to a bar or a party in some club and you get up to go to the restroom, somebody comes up from behind, puts their hand across your mouth and whisks you out the back door. You're so petrified, you don't even notice the bodies of the two Secret Service agents lying on the ground with bullet holes in their heads. Then you're whisked away in a car. It's a big party with lots of noise and lots of people coming and going. And it's a half hour before someone says, hey, where's Zoe? Another 15 minutes before the first phone call. It's another hour and a half before anyone even thinks to shut down all the airports. And now we're off to the races. You're tied to a chair in a cargo shack somewhere in the middle of Uganda. And I am told that I have 72 hours to get Israel to free 460 terrorist prisoners. So I'm on the phone pleading with Ben Yabin, and he's saying, I'm sorry, Mr. President, but Israel simply does not negotiate with terrorists, period. It's the only way we can survive. So now we got a new problem. Because this country no longer has a commander-in-chief, it has a father who's out of his mind because his little girl is in a shack somewhere in Uganda with a gun to her head. Do you get it? Yes. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, uh, the great Aaron Sorkin <clears throat> writing uh, that first season of West Wing. Uh, yeah, and Elizabeth Moss, so young there. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I enjoyed her in, in Mad Men as well. Yeah, uh, that's true. I, you know, a, a lot of thoughts uh, on uh, Trump uh, Jr. ditching the Secret Service. First of all, uh, the, as far as the nightmare scenario goes, trust me, especially with the Russia investigation, uh, he's being watched whether he knows it or wants to be or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I hope although, so. Although the Secret Service may have been told to stand down, they have a legal obligation to protect the president's family. So if they have to step uh, another half block away uh, to do that, uh, they will, but I think they're going to stay on him. Uh, it, I will say that on his foreign travels on behalf of the Trump organization, uh, Don Jr. has cost taxpayers a ton of money. Yeah. And uh, this that's not I don't think I don't think that's why Don Jr. is giving up the Secret Service protection. He's having his Marlena Dietrich moment. He wants to be alone <laughs> uh, and, and he needs he needs privacy. Uh, he says, uh, or, or is it secrecy? I, I just, I, I, that's just me guessing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, regardless of, of the, the, uh, the reasons why Donald Trump Jr. wants his privacy, which, which could be to do clandestine things. It could just be, he's just a dick. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the fact of the matter is though that, and you know, this is, you, you may say, well, Bob, are you wishing for Donald Trump Jr. to get kidnapped? And I would say, no, absolutely not. Completely the opposite. I mean, Donald well, Trump eventually. Jr. being kidnapped would be <laughs> eventually, maybe after maybe after Trump isn't president anymore. Right. Uh, but I mean, no, I, the uh, obvious answer here is that if Donald Trump Jr. is kidnapped, that is it. You can expect to see a mushroom cloud because Donald Trump Sr. 
would go absolutely bat crap. I mean, he would go crazy, and and he would start firing off missiles at, at everybody. I mean, certainly the Middle East would be laid waste, and not to mention uh, possibly North Korea at that, because he would obviously start to look at our most immediate enemies as culprits in the kidnapping. And that's I, see, and this is just this is too serious for them to be effing around with their Secret Service protection. There is that possibility, and. Uh, this is, uh, for me, however, more of an eyebrow-raising moment than yeah. a moment of worry. Uh, I, I Again, I think Trump Jr. is being watched enough uh, to generally protect him. Sure, uh, the scenario that uh, Martin Sheen laid out there as the president uh, about the two Secret Service agents laying shot to death outside, eh, something like that is certainly possible. But it just, I, I don't think it seems... Likely uh, to me, it's more about not wanting to be watched. I mean, you know, it's it's odd that someone in a position as influential as his, uh, you know, would give that up. But uh, you know, that's that's what he's chosen to do. I think it's definitely noteworthy and perhaps eyebrow raising, but it doesn't maybe concern me quite as much as you do. Although I can see you know, the reason for concern. Well, yeah, I think ultimately for me, it's the instability and erratic nature of Donald Trump senior uh, of the president himself that makes me most concerned because, you know, you have a president like uh, (laughs) like Martin Sheen's president Bartlett, and you can expect some degree of restraint and some degree of, of thoughtfulness, even in an extreme crisis like that, Mm -hmm. which actually ended up coming about. I believe it was the end of, Oh, God. I've seen the series so many times, and I, I'm blanking. I think it's the end of season four when uh, Zoe Bartlett is actually kidnapped. Spoiler warning. And uh, and, and that whole nightmare scenario end up, ends up getting played out in the show. And uh, with Secret Service protection, mind you. So there is even, even with Secret Service, there's a, there's a possibility of something like that going down, certainly. But I mean, sure, without sure. it, it's, it's magnified by a thousand. So, well, but, I, I hope, I hope you're not right. It's not me something I, I expect. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Well, it's that time of the, uh, the show buzz when we try to stump the Amazon link. And, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, as a complete segue, Without a segue, uh, we're going to try to do this. One of my favorite things in the whole world is to look through Amazon.com and see if they have products that are really, really obscure. So right. what we're doing here on the show is seeing if we can stump the Amazon link. That's the link that you go through to get to Amazon.com at BobSeska.com in order to uh, help support the show. Okay, so here we go. I'm, I'm tossing it to you, Buzz. See if you can come up with an obscure product, and it doesn't have to be a specific name brand product, just a general object or thing that they might sell uh, at Amazon.com, and we'll see if they actually have it. Okay, I think I've got one. The first thing that came to mind was wing nuts, because in taking on and off all those hurricane (laughs) plates, I turned a thousand wing nuts with my fingers. But no, I'm sure they they have wing nuts, so let's go for something a little more obscure. (laughs) I I know you're going to think this is stupid, but they might have the bags. I'm looking for sandbags. Sandbags. Do they, do they have sandbags at Amazon.com? Not filled with sand, naturally. Just the bags for bagging sand. Just the bags. Okay, so I'm at BobSeska.com, and just beneath the logo, I'm clicking the all-caps Amazon link. That's taking uh-huh. me to the front page of Amazon.com. I'm typing in sandbags. I'm going with uh-huh. two words on sandbags. Right. And let's see what we got here. Uh-huh. 
Here we go. What do you got? <laughs> of course they, they have them. <laughs> no, Bob. No, Bob. Amazon couldn't possibly have sandbags. <laughs> yes, they... they do. They do, Buzz. And here they are through Amazon Prime, $29.88. Sandbags, that's a uh, 14 by 26 empty white woven polypropylene sandbag with that's the U- one. UV coating protection to keep your sure. sand protected from the sun. Uh, <laughs> ties included, waterproof and... Bonus, dustproof. Yeah. <laughs> this gets well, you on your dustproof sandbags. You don't want your sand getting dusty. Or maybe you don't want sand <laughs> from the dust getting everything else dusty. That's right. But you know, way, those are exactly what you just described there are exactly the bags that I filled prior to the hurricane uh, with the built-in ties and the poly nylon propylene, whatever it is. And I'm really shocked. I thought I had stumped you this week. I didn't think they would have sandbags. Oh, like God, that. do they? Yeah, twenty nine eighty eight. Uh, that's through Amazon Prime. You can get it by tomorrow, <laughs> September 20th, through your Amazon Prime membership. But again, that's that's a pack of 20 bags. So once again, we are unable to stump the Amazon link. But wow. it's because Amazon.com has it all, and so can you when you go shopping until you're dropping while also supporting this show. All you have to do is go to BobSuska.com instead of Amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. It takes you directly to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you own a small business, be sure to source all your supplies from Amazon.com. Toner cartridges, backup batteries, paper clips, printer paper, etc. Use our link when you restock your supplies. And don't forget to bookmark it. That's the BobSuska.com Amazon link. It's the only way to shop. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to today's show. Uh, Buzz Burbank is here. And uh, by the way, if you're, uh, if you're on the internet right now, be sure to go by investigaterussia.org, a brand new website uh, covering everything having to do with the, uh, the Russia attack and the investigations surrounding that. Uh, our own Jackie Schechner has been uh, putting that together along with Rob Reiner and David Frum. It's bipartisan. <laughs> it's a bipartisan effort. I've been finding myself retweeting David Frum almost every day. Uh, not so much Bill Crystal. I was retweeting Bill Crystal a couple of weeks ago quite a bit, but not so much these days. But uh, I was really glad to see David Frum getting together with someone like uh, Rob Reiner uh, with Jackie Schechner basically running the show on the, the technical and content side, and that's, uh, that's, that's all awesome. good. That's wonderful. All good wonderful stuff. News. Okay, so uh, speaking of Russia, let's talk about Polly Walnuts here. Uh, lots to get to when it comes to stupid Watergate. Um, so <laughs> where do we begin? Uh, Paul Manafort was wiretapped under a FISA warrant before and after the election. Yes. I think this this isn't a major, major surprise, but it's confirmation of something that we were hoping had occurred, which is... It's pleasing to hear that that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's... On one hand, I'm so glad that it's happened. On the other hand, what it does is it adds fuel to the... uh, 
you know, the the Republicans and the uh, the uh, pro-Trump conservatives who have been talking about how Donald Trump was wiretapped. Well, specifically Donald Trump. Donald Trump's been talking about how Donald Trump was was wiretapped. Famously, wow. back in March, he was tweeting about this. But this is, and they're making it seem as if, oh, this is confirmation that Donald Trump was wiretapped, and it's not no. because he no, wasn't. No, I mean, there's no. screw screw them. Who cares what they think? Uh, the truth of the matter is that you don't get wiretapped without a warrant, and you don't get a warrant without probable cause. Yep. And and the wiretap wasn't of Donald Trump. F you. It wasn't of Donald Trump. <laughs> it was of Paul Manafort. Yeah. The fact that Trump was dumb enough to get caught on that tape is not our problem. Uh, and this happens all the time in investigations, both in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, you know, it goes back to Susan Rice unmasking the Trump officials who were talking to Russian officials. Uh, U.S. intelligence wasn't monitoring the American officials. They were monitoring the Trump official, the uh, Russian officials who were talking to Trump officials who were just stupid enough to allow themselves to be recorded in that situation. Exactly right. And unless Donald Trump was, I mean, remember back to your Snowden documents from a few years ago, uh, Mm -hmm. unless Donald Trump was a specific target with a FISA warrant taken out on him and his communications as well, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump was not wiretapped. In fact, Whoever was doing the wiretapping under this FISA warrant was specifically looking for the communications of Paul Manafort per right. this per this right. warrant and his communications with Ukrainians, his communications with Russians, anyone else, whether it's because I know Roger Stone is all over Twitter right now going, oh, I was wiretapped, too. And you know what? There there is nothing. There is no content of any remark made by Donald Trump. There is no uh, content. Right of remarks created by Roger Stone or any other American without a FISA warrant, all of those sides of any conversation. Let's say, for example, Paul Manafort had a bunch of conversations with Donald Trump, which he probably did. Um, All of Donald Trump's side of that communication has been encrypted, redacted, and encrypted. And Mm -hmm. and it can only be de-encrypted or I, I, what is it? Unencrypted? Do you, I don't care. Uh, yeah, <laughs> unencrypted. Either way. Yeah. We get it. Uh, the only way that would have been unencrypted, Trump's side of those conversations, is if uh, the FBI went to the FISA court and said, we want to de-encrypt, unencrypt Donald Trump's side of the communications. Please give uh-huh. us a FISA warrant. And here's why we want Donald Trump's side. Now, it's right. still possible that they actually did that. We may learn eventually that they got a FISA warrant from the uh, FISA court for Donald Trump so they could unredact Donald Trump's side of the conversations with Paul Manafort. It's entirely possible, but nothing in the reporting has shown. In fact, all of the reporting has shown that Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump's side of the conversation is, uh, is inconclusive, that they don't know whether or not Donald Trump's voice was captured on these intercepts uh but i mean what we know about how the fisa court works no it probably was not and the same goes for roger stone and whoever else and that's 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 the bottom line here as far as that conspiracy goes and well somebody somebody knows what trump said on those recordings somebody heard that somebody's listened to it and i i can't help but think that what trump may or may not have said or agreed to or uh, grunted to on that on that phone. I can't help but think that if that is significant to the investigation, it will it will be it will come out. It will be yeah. released. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's the key here. That it, we we hope that there is evidence uh, for the investigators enough to 
uh, to de-encrypt uh, Donald Trump's sides of these conversations. Or, you know, maybe what there's a separate FISA warrant that completely covered Donald Trump on his own, separate from the communications with Paul Manafort, and that's entirely possible, too. Remember, there are all kinds of things still lurking beneath the surface of the ocean in this gigantic iceberg that we still have yet to uh, to hear about. I mean, I'm sure there were numerous other meetings besides the June 9th meeting with Paul with uh, uh, with uh, Don Jr. and Paul Manafort and Veselnitskaya and all of these other uh, Akhmetshin and all these other characters and uh and I'm sure we just haven't heard about those meetings yet, but the chances are there were probably numerous other meetings that, that took place. Likewise, there's definitely there's definitely more to the iceberg, although I yeah. think we're closer. I think we're closer than I think you think we are. I think, <laughs> well, I think, I don't know. I, I think, I think we've reached, if you were reading an exciting detective mystery novel. Yeah. You are now at the part of the book where it's starting to really get exciting. Yeah, yeah, where, it, it, where the story has is really building. Look, I'm I'm doing the show shirtless today with the words "Go Muller" painted on my chest because <laughs> uh, between uh, the the relief of finding out that that we have these wires <laughs> these uh, wiretap transcripts, uh, the, the fact that Muller has uh, gone after uh, information data from Facebook, the fact that. He got, he had enough, Mueller had enough evidence to convince the FISA court to not just let him go to uh, Manafort's house to get those documents, but to pick the lock in the middle of the night, secure the material, and then knock on Manafort's door to tell him he had company. This is, this is, I'm so pleased. And another thing I read in the the latest New York Times story about this is uh, way down in the article, it says, According to people who know him, Mueller is not a guy who likes long, drawn-out investigations. Oh, that's and, so beautiful and, to and, hear. And so what we have now is we have Mueller turning the screws on Flynn and turning the screws on Manafort. And uh, and we know that he's getting the information from Facebook. Yep. And I think we're I think we're getting very close. And that's why I'm I'm so excited. The fact that Mueller told Manafort, prepare to be indicted. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, there are, are big things happening. And for my money, this is the biggest week so far in the Russia investigation and a sign of real, real progress here. Yeah, yeah. And you couple this with the, the Facebook news, which as far as I'm concerned, right. this Facebook news and the entire extent of what we've been hearing about Facebook's involvement is as big a story to me as when we heard about the Don Jr. meeting. Uh, in, uh-huh. at Trump uh-huh. Tower back in 2016. This is right. w- another gigantic piece of the entire puzzle. And yep. the reason I say that is because the Facebook story can lead us to, by following the money trail, can lead us to any number of Trump officials, including Jared Kushner, including Brad Parscale, who's the digital director of the Trump campaign, supervised by Jared Kushner, who had to have been funneling to these uh, Russian trolls who are buying this advertising had to have been funneling targeting information, demographic information down to the precinct uh, in order to properly execute these ads and properly deliver these ads to the people who needed to see them. Right. Uh, and, and so that's that's a huge, huge deal. But this this raid on Paul Manafort's home, I remember talking about it on the show and wondering, because the remember the original story said that they knocked on his bedroom door 
but at yeah. the time there was no additional information in terms of we didn't know how and now we know that they didn't just get permission to knock on his door they didn't get permission to knock down his door yeah they got permission to pick the freaking lock and sneak in yeah because, because they because they believed he was going to de- uh, destroy evidence which leads me to wonder did they have some other proof somewhere along the line yeah, some other evidence showing have, that he would destroy evidence if they, they had to they had to bob in yeah. order to get that warrant for the fisa court they had to show the court they had not only reason to believe that he would destroy evidence but uh or they i mean they they, they had to show the court that they had reason to believe he would destroy evidence that's why they not only got a warrant to search his premises they got a, a, a warrant specifically to pick the lock and sneak in so that's how that's how concerned they were that he would destroy these documents. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're Paul Manafort. You're laying there in bed in your silk pajamas. You're you know with thousand dollar silk pajamas, and then you hear in the middle of the night you're awoken, dead awake, and and it's the it's agents, federal agents, standing in your bedroom door, ready to raid your house. Not just and at the, the front door, but at and, the bedroom oh. door. For God's sake, I hope. Oh, and you they, know, I hope that put such a start in him because you know what. <laughs> This guy is one of the Let's, kingpins of this entire operation, right. and, and I, I hope it scared the living hell out of Paul Manafort, and is well, at least some sort of schadenfreude in all of this, to see that at least, at le- even if he gets off, even if he's pardoned, yeah. at least he was awakened in the middle of the night in his bedroom that probably made him sh- right. his pants. <laughs> and they even they even took pictures of his uh, clothes closet. They took pictures of his collection of expensive suits. I love that. Uh, I love uh, that among so the things much. they did, but that's the idea, Bob. That's the it's a it's a shock and awe tactic. Yep. Uh, to to scare Manafort, they're doing the same thing with Flynn uh, by going after you know as much of a jerk as Mike Flynn's son is. Michael G. Flynn, as much of a jerk as he is, uh, we don't know if he's done anything wrong or not. But by Flynn knowing that his son is now in legal jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, Flynn is going to be more inclined to flip and cooperate and talk. Manafort, uh, they've got him surrounded on six sides. They've told him he's going to be indicted. <laughs> they woke him up in the middle of the night in his pajamas. Uh, and I just, I, you know, I figure I can picture him in, in pajamas for whatever reason. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't me know. Too. I, I see him standing there with that hair, you know, a little messed up. and that. <laughs> Okay. So, I mean, and this also, this uh, Manafort story and uh, not only the uh, the wiretapping story, but also the uh, the pre-dawn raid story and picking his lock and everything like this. You were mentioning right. shock and awe. Remember, right. we were told not too long ago that one of the attorneys that Paul Manafort has hired into his staff, one of the top-level members of his untouchables here, is someone who has expertise in flipping witnesses, flipping uh, suspects, and, and getting them to turn against the people who they also want to uh, want to indict and maybe this is all maybe the tactic and i'm just speculating here maybe the tactic with intimidating paul manafort is to get him to flip on donald trump and turn over Mm -hmm. uh as much evidence that he might have uh whether it's uh, verbal testimony or whether it's actual documentation uh showing that donald trump was also involved in this because i mean i I seem to think yeah yeah exactly (laughs) putting the squeeze on and I, i you know and my concern is that we haven't heard a lot about uh, in terms of leaks from any of the investigations, regardless of whether they're from the Hill or from the special counsel's office, mm-hmm. uh, specifically relating to Donald Trump himself. And my concern is that 
they're going to get Manafort and they're going to get Don Jr. and they're going to get Mike Flynn and they're going to get uh, Carter Page and they're going to get all these other characters. But then eventually they'll still Donald Trump will still be standing long enough in order for him to pardon all these guys. And I, I know, know there's there's a whole there's all kinds of legal turmoil surrounding what pardons can entail and what they don't entail. But at the same time, we still do know that he has the ability to pardon and likely will given his pardoning of Joe Arpaio. Now, uh, that's the concern. So I, I hope I hope we're going to start to hear some leaks now that we know that they're they're putting the screws to uh, Polly Walnuts here. I'm hoping that this is going to precipitate uh, leaks leading us more toward Donald Trump's lap itself, which is where I really think this uh, this has to go. Well, let's take uh, one last break here. When we come back, I want to talk about this uh, this Michael Cohen fiasco that's happening. Uh, right. It happened this morning on the Hill, and it's really fascinating to get into that. Let's talk about Michael Cohen. Says who? Yeah, right. We, I say, I say. We're going to talk about that uh, <laughs> right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out. Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our, what, what day is today? Tuesday, right? Yes. Tuesday. Tyranny uh, Tuesday. Yes, we, as Brian Williams likes to say, we made it to Tuesday. <laughs> okay, uh, so the Senate Intelligence Committee was due to uh, talk with Michael Cohen today, uh, the president's uh, personal lawyer. This, Says who? That guy. And uh, it got canceled. It happened for, in fact, it happened for about an hour. But the problem is, is that Michael Cohen stupidly uh, released his statement to the public before the hearing, which is a violation of the rules, which means they had to go and cancel the meeting. Uh, it says here, uh, the committee said in a joint statement, uh, this is both uh, Mark Warner and the Republican chairman both signing off on this statement. We were disappointed that Mr. Cohen decided to preempt today's interview by releasing a public statement prior to his engagement with committee staff, in spite of the committee's request that he refrain from public oh. comment. Oh my God. So this is, again, this is another moment where... Yeah. Uh-huh. This is another. The, the stupidest president has the stupidest lawyers. <laughs> That's right, and uh, and and meanwhile, speaking of his stupid lawyers, two of his lawyers, including uh, Ty Cobb and I think Honus Wagner, was there. Shoeless, yes. Shoeless Joe Jackson was also at this uh, lunch meeting. <laughs> they were at a restaurant called BLT in D.C. It was uh, it was Ty Cobb and and Trump's other lawyer, who both of whom are completely obnoxious. Right. 
And uh, and there was a New York Times reporter sitting uh, just diagonal away from them, just close enough to be able to take uh, uh, cell phone pictures of of this duo and to yes. overhear them talking about whether or not they should continue to cooperate with the Mueller investigation. They're talking and out the, loud at a restaurant about the Mueller investigation. Yes, yeah, I had a table next to a table where a reporter is seated who's taking these pictures and taking notes and putting all this in the newspaper. This is, again, why John Oliver has chosen to call this stupid Watergate. But, uh, but here we are with, with Michael Cohen, who, once again, I, I don't mind repeating, this guy is all over the Steele dossier. I mean, Michael Cohen is probably one of the most, I mean, apart from a, a couple of Russians, uh, the main one being, uh, it's not Lavrov. There's, there's another Russian who's, uh, who's the, uh, the, uh, pre- basically the press secretary for Putin, who's all over the Steele dossier. Apart from that guy, right. I think Michael Cohen gets mentioned almost as much as Donald Trump himself and as Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton's men- mentioned quite a bit in the, in the dossier as well. Right. And, uh, and so I think that's led a lot of investigators to believe that Michael Cohen is, <laughs> rightfully so, maybe the centerpiece or one of the centerpieces of this entire thing. And, and he happens to be Donald Trump's lawyer at the same time. The meeting was scheduled as part of the committee's investigation into Russia's interference in the election. Cohen arrived for the interview with his attorney Tuesday morning, but left the closed-door session after about an hour, informing reporters waiting outside that the committee staff had suddenly informed him they did not wish the interview to go forward. And I assume this is a a bipartisan decision, that this is not something where, ooh, look, he's got damaging information about the president, maybe we ought to stop this. I don't get the sense that that's what this was. I think this was... Uh, Michael Cohen stupidly violating the rules and and doing right. something dumb, possibly uh, with those intentions in mind, the in, the intentions to uh, to kill the meeting itself, so he wouldn't have to do it. But uh, who knows? It's very unclear in terms of why this all went down, but it it certainly went down, and we're not going to hear well, from Michael Cohen uh, anytime this week, I assume. I, I and this was an interview with congressional staff as opposed to with the actual lawmakers. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I believe, exactly, I believe yeah. so. Well, the, the the staff will report back to their bosses, to the lawmakers themselves, and uh, I'm sure we will be hearing from one or two of those lawmakers on that committee. Yeah, uh, you know what what their interpretation is of what happened there, uh, and and so I'm going to count on that sort of post game sideline uh, interview. Uh, to to help clarify that, I, it usually does, and I hope it does in this case. But yeah, it's either terribly crafty or terribly stupid. And based on the track record so far, I'm going to go with terribly stupid. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I think know. that's uh, that's a safe bet. Yeah, it's yeah, and they're all dicks too. I mean, it, Trump's <laughs> Trump's lawyers, uh, you, and you've seen video of this on, on yeah. television of how dickish they can be. So oh, they're yeah. both stupid and. That's right. Which I guess is perhaps uh, one of the better ways to go through life. So, yeah, and, and then that leads us back to Facebook, Buzz, because uh, we have new information from uh, from CNN indicating that Mueller grabbed up a bunch of documents from Facebook under a search warrant. And, and I was curious right. initially, right. well, why exactly do they need a search warrant? Because uh, as we've been told that, or as history has shown, uh, previous special counsels haven't really executed search warrants. Certainly Ken Starr didn't use a search warrant. Uh, right. Patrick Fitzgerald didn't use a search warrant in his investigation of the Scooter Libby, uh, uh, Valerie Plame situation. Right. Uh, but now we have information that Mueller has, has used search warrants twice, one for 
uh, Paul Manafort, and then a second time for Facebook. And from what I understand, uh, and I don't know if you've heard the same thing, Buzz, but the reason they needed a search warrant for Facebook is a lot of these dot-coms and Silicon Valley entities right. uh, really say, you know, look, we're not going to give you anything unless you have a search warrant. It's for the sake exactly. of privacy. Yeah, or- they're, they're very very keen on protecting the privacy of their customers, and uh, they refuse to turn over any of that data or sharing of that data with congressional investigators who merely asked for it. Uh, Mueller, as I mentioned earlier, doesn't like long-drawn-out investigations and also believes that uh, this is being handled like a mob investigation from top to bottom not that facebook has done anything of mobster level other than sloppily illegally take money from foreign sources meant to influence an election but that was more uh, not paying attention to what their computer was doing than it was by by any particular design but they they do try to look out for the privacy of their customers uh, and so without a warrant, exactly as you said, only with a court warrant will they turn over that information. So uh, I guess the good news is here that they will protect our privacy, but they will cooperate with an investigation if served with a proper warrant. Yep. And so that that seems as upset as I was with Facebook at first. And I was, uh, like a lot of people, very upset with Facebook for not being forthcoming. And in fact, at some points, Facebook denied that any such thing had happened. Uh, either I, I'm going to guess it's because they didn't know because they hadn't looked. Uh, they let the computer handle all that. Has, oh, yeah, anybody, yeah. Ch- has anybody checked the computer lately? Uh, <laughs> you know, and I think they find I think Facebook finally realized that uh, everybody was onto something when they discovered when they went back over their financial records and saw that they had been paid in rubles. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, I think. In Facebook's defense, I'm pretty sure what you said is correct, which is that this all these sorts of transactions happen digitally. Like, there's no sales representative on the other end of the line right. who's taking down all this information. All right, let me get your information there, Mr. Lavrov. And that's not that's not going on. What's happening no. is people are doing it in an automated sense. It's very easy for me to go on Facebook and to, uh, to propel one of my posts into more and more people's news feeds by just filling out a form and paying... Uh, some money out of my PayPal account and and hitting enter, and then it's done. Um, and I think that's maybe the case here. The question is, why didn't Facebook find out about it sooner? And when, especially after they were asked about it, when the initial report came out last May, instead, what they did is they just denied the entire mm-hmm. thing, which was... Yeah, I think, you know, and I think that, as wrong as it is, I think that's a typical corporate response to what was initially perceived as a public relations crisis, a, a oh, this is going to hurt business. Uh, yeah. It was sort of the first reaction there, and still is. I think that's one of the reasons they maintained as much secrecy as they could, uh, despite the request from the congressional committees. Uh, and, and, but I hope uh, one of the lessons that Facebook takes away from this, and we're learning a lot of things in this investigation, whether it's with Facebook or <laughs> with laws or whatever, we're learning what we need to do differently in the future. And maybe something that they ought to think about or be required to do at Facebook is not accept rubles on uh, in, in Facebook U.S. Yeah. Uh, you I mean, know, that, that, that might be a good start, or foreign money of any kind, especially, uh, well, especially when there's evidence that uh, that money has been used to purchase ads uh, to influence American politics yep. uh, because that is illegal. That's It is illegal in the United States to accept foreign money that is intended to influence an election. Mm-hmm. And uh, Facebook did it here. They're guilty of that crime uh, by not paying attention to what their computers were doing. They didn't do it on purpose. 
but they did do it. And, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that's reconciled. Right, right. And I think the, uh, the upside of this, and uh, there is, I think there is a definite upside in the Facebook investigation or the Facebook side of the investigation, which is that this could very easily lead to, uh, to very specific people in the Trump campaign because all they need to do is follow the money trail from uh, backwards from the purchase of the advertising to the person who or whoever the parties were who bought the advertising and then who paid them uh to do that and and what orders were they following so we may end up seeing we may get a, a fuller view now that facebook is there and the other thing the other uh advantage here as we uh as we wrap up the show here the other advantage to uh the facebook story is we know, we know now, we know that Facebook and we know that social media was involved in a much more pernicious way than we initially thought. And so that gives us as social media users, because we're all on social media, that gives us impetus enough to say, hey, maybe we need to be a little bit more discerning in terms of what we like, retweet, share, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe we need to be uh, a little more diligent uh, next time around, which is going to start any, any time now. The midterms are getting underway. Uh, to prevent this from happening again or at least mitigate the overall impact because we know that it's continuing. We know that it's happening now and we know that it's going to ramp up next year as soon as we start into uh, the 2018 midterm cycle, which will get underway in earnest sometime around the beginning of the new year. And that's that's just a few months away, like it or not, we're, we're almost there. And so, uh, so I am trying to look at the cup half full right now. I'm trying to look at the, the cup of Russian vodka half full in all of this. You should. Absolutely. This is another sign, Bob, of great progress in the investigation. It's, it's the, the fact that we now know how this information was targeted, or at least we have the data to figure out what the Russians could not possibly have known, and that is which key voting districts to target, yep. uh, which is, uh, was done so accurately in this, which is why I'm excitedly shirtless today. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so uh, on that note, for Shirtless uh, Tuesday here, we're going to... Uh, That's right. We're going to move on to the uh, post-mortem show here uh, at uh, on our Patreon page. Uh, just go to bobseska.com, click the Patreon link. That'll take you to our Patreon page. You sign up for $5 a month. You get the post-mortem show. That's two post-mortem shows every week, uh, four, four weeks a year, four weeks a month. And then uh, if you sign up at $10 a month, you get the two post-mortem shows plus the after party. $15 a month, you get all that crap plus a, a commercial-free version of the show. So go and do that. That's the, uh, the Patreon page for the show. Uh, through bobseska.com. Okay. I got to talk about uh, Graham Cassidy. That'll be coming up on the post-mortem show. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.